0: This is Todd Foley, creator of Day Trippers and Other Borders. You're listening to Legends of Tabletop.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Legends of Tabletop podcast. We are going to be playing Other Borders tonight with Todd Foley. This is Todd's other game. It's based on the drama system system. Uh, I'm going to kick it over to Todd. We're going to do a session zero tonight. We might get into a little bit of gameplay as well. But I'm let Todd describe the system, talk about what we're going to be doing, and we'll go from there.
0: Hey, we will go from there. All right, we'll go from right here. Uh, other Borders... Uh, is a game of magical realism that takes place in a town called Entre Lugares, just north of the US Mexico border. Uh, struggling in the wake of the economic hardships ravaging the American Southwest, this little town has become a focus as of late due to the uh, well, not too far away um, uh, 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 ongoing protests and activist organizations around Donald Trump's wall. As well as the drug trade, which has been moving into this area as the money has been moving into this area. Uh, and of course, there's always your human smuggling and illegal trafficking across the border, which is fueled generally by guns and money that comes from this side of the border because corruption is everywhere and life can be tough. The system is uh, based on Melandros by Tom McGreenery. It is a hybrid of Robin Law's drama system, that's the core engine of the Hill Folk game, with the um, sort of the crunchier bits removed and replaced by uh, moves, uh, a la Apocalypse World, powered by the Apocalypse type uh, moves with you know, success, partial success, and failure based on a die roll and a, and a mug. So that makes things a little more procedural than a straight drama system, but more dramatic than straight AW. And we have run through a, a semi-complete Session Zero, but just to let everybody know how the game works and how this is done, we're going to run through Session Zero in, in that order, complete and flesh out our characters, and then hopefully we'll have time to do one full round of scenes. Who knows? Maybe two. Are you guys all all ready to introduce your characters? I think can we so. can we begin? Yeah. All right. Um, now, I don't recall what order we went in, John. Maybe you actually have the slack up. Like we could go in the same order as we did when we talked the first time.
1: I think we bounced around a little bit as people were kind of in and out. So if you want to just call an order, we can do that.
0: Okay. Um, well, then I'm going to call from from uh, left to right. And that means Jesse on my left. Uh, Introduce your character and your general place in the community, your role in the show. Who the hell are you?
2: All right. Uh, I will be playing uh, Emmanuel Manny Velasquez. He is a spiritual medium uh, at the very least sixth generation. Uh, He learned the trade from his grandmother, his abuelita, and uh, it's basically been passed down through the bloodline from generation to generation. Uh, he is a reluctant medium. he doesn't really accept the ability that he's been given, but he understands that he has it and he has to deal with it especially since he pretty much sees spirits nearly everywhere he goes anyway. Uh, I so.
0: So right. is I'm going yeah. right. to yeah. stop you there. That's a that's a good that's a good starter. We're going to go around and around, and as we each time we go around, we're going to get deeper into the character. Right All next right. time around, we're going to do your desires and dramatic polls. Let's let's move on to John. John, introduce your character to us, please.
1: All right, I am going to be playing Javier Rogers now Castillo, as he has taken his uh, mother's maiden name. He's a third generation uh, Mexican American. Uh, Great-grandmother on his mother's side moved up here to the States. His mom married an American businessman who doesn't necessarily um, encourage the, you know, the, the biracial nature. Um, so he kind of doesn't know, didn't know a lot about where he came from and moved down to uh, Entre Lagares uh, to find out more about himself and his, and his family and his background and winds up uh, hooking up with his T.O., Martine, and becoming a, a shaman.
0: And uh, that's a little important bit right there. Your, your uncle is the, uh, the shaman of this particular area of town, pillar of the community. Sean, I'm moving on to you. Hello. Uh, introduce your character, your general role in the community and the cast. Uh, I am playing Filippo the Great Passini.
3: He is a uh, <laughs> combination uh, Italian slash um, Filipino. A young man whose grandfather had been a stage magician and had gone on uh, to Italy to, in his grandfather's dying years, help him uh, do his stage magic, become an assistant. And when he came back to America, he found out that his father was uh, a trader, a dealer, a street criminal, and with a great network set up. And he tries to get his father out of it, but in doing so, he gets pulled deeper and deeper into it. And at this point in his life, uh, he's moved on from his father because he figured he was a burnout and he had wanted nothing to do with him. And he's merged his street magic into his dealing and networking, so he treats everything like he's a, a magician. Uh, but he's really one of the town's best fixers and dealers.
0: You're also the proprietor of uh, a local theater, right? Which oh, is seeing yes. better days, uh, the, but still active.
3: Oh God! What was the name I wrote down? It's Teatro Teatro uh, Alhambra. Ah, yeah, Teatro Alhambra. And right uh, I, I will note that he is probably very proficient in not just uh, his first languages were uh, Italian uh, and Filipino, but you know Spanish and uh, probably French, just because the general Romance languages. So English is kind of like his second language,
0: or fifth. <laughs> All right. We're going to go around again, uh, and this time we're going to get a little bit deeper into these characters. Now, as as you just, I, I'm not sure um what what the words were used. I heard young used once or twice, but from what I recall, um, Javier that's John and Manny that's Jesse are both like 25, 26 years old, and Filippo is a little bit older, like late 30s. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like mid to late 30s. And the first two are originally from here, from Entre de Garas, whereas Filippo moved here. Now, we're going to find out how these three characters are connected as we go along. And this is part of what the character generation system in this game does, is it forces people to create connections between themselves and the other characters. So as we go along, we'll see how that works out. Let's go around one more time. We're going to talk about desires and dramatic poles. Every character in the hill folk system or in the drama system has something they desire. And then two dramatic poles that they're torn between, like I could be this kind of guy, or I could be that kind of guy. This is what gives characters a lot of flavor and motivation. Jesse, you're up.
2: Uh, so Manny's desire is control, uh, specifically control over his abilities so that he doesn't just see random spirits and ghosts all over the place and that he can actually, uh, almost shut it out. He wants control so that he doesn't have to deal with it anymore. And uh, his dramatic polls are freedom versus responsibility. So he wants freedom from this life. But at the same time, he knows that he uh, he takes care of his abuelita and uh, he knows that he owes a responsibility to her
0: and the family. Nice. John, tell us us about Javier's uh, desires and dramatic polls.
1: His desire is knowledge with a capital K, like ultimate truth type of reality. Um, he's learned all this stuff from his uncle, and he's fascinated by it and driven by the, the quest for knowledge. Uh, so that's his uh, one dramatic pole is for power. And then the other is uh, responsibility. Uh, he's always being counseled by his T.O., uh, you know, responsibility to the family and the community and the, and the, and the power that he is you know, gaining and learning about
0: nice. And Filippo, what about your desire and uh, what dramatic poles are you torn between?
3: Uh, let me, let me read through this. Um, so if I remember correctly, he is, uh, so he comes to this town because he's caring for his grandma, his mother's side of the family, uh, which is huge, huge clan of Filipinos. And the, the, uh, He has this this urge to do the right thing, but his father had injected into his life all these bad things, so he's torn between this selfish desire to build empires and this want to try to make the world a better place. Uh, But he's also haunted by his ancestors because his grandfather wanted him to be this great – he wanted his father to be a great magician. His father was a failure. So he tried to be a great magician, but he just became a criminal like his father. And he's not sure if there's hallucinations or spirits that are haunting him. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he's developed a sort of alternate personality that is his uh, vigilante uh, Count of Monte Crisco sort of revenge upon the evil – with these elaborate plots like jigsaw trap type of situation. And so his, his pole is between uh, selfishness and selflessness.
0: Did I really just hear you say jigsaw style traps? Wow. Okay. (laughs) Maybe, maybe a little jigsaw. Yeah. I, I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not retconning. I just never pictured that. Depth before to your psychosis,
3: not, not like building a machine so much as setting up a series of events that leads them to their own karmic retribution oh, okay, <laughs> masterminding I mean, which is how I always saw jigsaw, which is like how you set up these karmic traps, but he that series was all
0: blood and gore, and it was a little less blood and gore okay, so more more on the social engineering part, not so much on the mechanical traps
3: <laughs> yeah let me let me go more uh, the Hannibal <laughs>
0: TV series oh okay all right cool so you're a complex and Machiavellian individual I think is a good way to sum that up and torn between what was it it was altruism and self-interest basically yep Cool. Uh,
3: right. or we- should I say uh, fulfilling the legacy of his ancestors
0: versus his
3: own legacy
0: okay and at times in the game, as we move through, um, every uh, every everybody's gonna get their chance to call a scene, and we go around the table, and when calling a scene, you try to figure out what it is that your character might want or be doing. These are the key places to look at. You know, what is it that you desire, and uh, what dramatic pull is acting upon you right now? How can you move closer to one of them, because that's that's where the 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 motivation of the character comes from. And so the game is the context against which that motivation will play itself out. But in order to make that interactive, we define relationships between all the characters. And we'll show you how that went in this next round. Jesse, talk to us about uh, your relationship with the other characters in the game.
2: Uh, Well, uh, so Manny has a relationship with uh, Filippo in that he, uh, that is with his dealings of the underground and everything like that in with uh, certain uh, narcotics and substances, uh, he actually gets most of his Abuelita's uh, medications through Filippo uh, because he's able to uh, run down across the border has contacts down there that can get uh, drugs and prescription drugs uh, cheaper down in Mexico. Uh, So he, uh, rather than attempting to go through a pharmacy up here or, uh, you know, trying to get health care, he ends up just getting it down there.
0: Okay, so you rely on Filippo for abueless medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to Javier, there's something that mm-hmm. you want from him. And yes. There's also a reason that you can't get it. Let's talk about that.
2: All right. So uh, with Javier, uh, he knows his uncle. He's, you know, a pretty famous shaman. In the, uh, in the area. And he, because uh, Manny's abuelita is uh, pretty much gone mentally, uh, she hasn't really been able to teach him lately. So he's looking for somebody else to try to teach him how to harness and control his abilities. Uh, and so he's trying to use Javier as kind of a through way to get to the uncle. But uh, All
0: right, as far as I know, yeah. We can okay. have John answer. Yeah. We can have John answer as to the reason mm-hmm. why that ain't gonna happen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, Javier doesn't trust Manny very much. Uh, he knows of Manny. He can kind of feel the magic about him, and uh, and it feels dark. Uh, he knows that uh, Manny is is practices more of the is more of a brujo, uh, which is more of like a you know more dark magic. And he just doesn't want to get wrapped up in that, doesn't want tio to get wrapped up in that, uh, and just doesn't trust that his uh, intentions are pure, as it were.
0: Nice. All right. And uh, we'll stick with you, John. Um, you right. Talk to us about your relationships with the other characters and, and what it is that you want from one of them.
1: Well, so uh, Javier knows uh, Filippo. Everybody knows Filippo. You know, he's strutting around like a peacock all through town. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, he wants, so apparently his uncle has disappeared. Uh, he's left, left Javier a note.
0: Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Your uncle.
1: Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, Tio Martin. Uh, and he wants, Filippo is somehow involved in, uh, Martin's disappearance, uh, the note said to go and talk to him and find out uh, where he, you know, hey, I talked to uh, to Filippo. We have some kind of thing going on, you know, take care of stuff around here. I'll be back. But he hasn't come back.
0: And was that a long time ago or just real recently?
1: I, I, I think it's like like real recent. Like maybe there's a scene tonight that involves that.
0: <laughs> OK, so it's pretty recent. Um, uh, Tio, who is also your mentor, has disappeared, and all you know from the note he left behind is that Filippo is somehow involved. Mm -hmm. So you want Filippo to get Tio back. Now, Filippo, I'm switching over to you. How come that ain't happening? So the uncle had, uh, Tio, had
3: uh, some sort of heat that he needed to get off of him, and he asked to disappear. Uh, And I I do want to make... Sort of a footnote here out of this, that Filippo is a public figure. He's a very public figure. He's known in town as a, a magician who does shows. Kids come. He does like school works, parties, stuff like that. So there's always this layer of protection where he's not directly uh, interacted with anything that goes on. You know, he works through intermediates in a way to where he his hands are always have to be clean, otherwise the cops are you know right on you. Uh, So anyways, he set he sets up things like a magic show. He's like, well, Tio wants to disappear. So he takes him to his uh, theater and he's like, does a disappearing act. Then Tio doesn't come back. What happens is a Tio gets placed into some local gang and a smaller gang to protect him from the bigger gang. Who's looking for him or the, you know, organized cartel or whatever. And, in that process, the gang realizes what Tio can do and doesn't want to let go of him. But the way Filippo's explained it to him previously is Tio wanted to disappear, but when he tried to make him reappear, Tio couldn't reappear. <laughs> and he's kind of you know cryptic and mystic about how
0: that process went down. So the reason that, that you tell Javier that he, you, you can't get his Tio Martin back uh, is uh some sort of magical difficulty.
3: No, like Teo wanted to get away because bad people were after him. But now that he wants him to reappear, other people don't want Tio to reappear. <laughs> but he's like he doesn't want to, you know, tell specifics because he both sides uh, don't want themselves revealed.
0: Okay. Okay. Now I had oh so that's I, your yeah. I'm sorry, go on.
3: Oh uh, no I just
2: have I suddenly got this uh this image of the fact that Filippo always talks in like magic speak. So like he describes yes. everything as a magic trick no matter what. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Nothing's you, ever you, at straight. At some speak. point in the show we're going to hear him say the prestige. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Filippo, what is your now that that tells us a lot actually about your relationship with Javier? Um, but we can go a little bit deeper than that. You've got a relationship with Manny and something that you want from him. What was that?
3: Oh, gosh. I'm trying to remember what it brings, Manny. Oh, right, right, right. So he's haunted. So he's not sure if he's seeing ghosts or hallucinations, but I mean, if you ask a proper shaman, there's really no difference between the two. Uh, so he believes that Manny can help him contact his ancestors to find appeasement uh to the dichotomy of how he's become and how he thinks the ancestors wanted him to be but Manny doesn't i don't know you said in the previous thing Manny's like not
0: interested in that <laughs> well let's let's go to Manny for that how come uh, you're not going to give Filippo what he wants he wants you to contact his his dead poppy
2: uh Manny has uh, very little control over his abilities and he doesn't really have the ability right now to call specific spirits. He pretty much whoever comes to him is who comes to him. So he doesn't really have uh, in like, there's a few spirits that like hang around him, but in order in terms of like actually calling on a specific person, he can, he can try, but he doesn't have the ability like uh, like his grandmother did to actually say like I want to speak to this person bring
0: them to me okay and from what you said before I would kind of get the feeling he he doesn't really want to anyway no (laughs) it's probably it's part
2: of the control that he desires Um, mainly like controlling when they come and when they go mostly to be able to make them go
0: (laughs) but okay all right So now we have all three characters related to at least one of the other characters, and all three characters have something they want and a reason they cannot get it. This is where a lot of the drama is going to come from as we go on through play. And now we go around the table one more time. I'm going to start with Jesse. We're going to talk about your character type, your abilities, which is basically the stats, the ones that you are good at. They have a greater than a zero score. There are four of them. So let us know what character type you are what your strong abilities are. Maybe you could do them in descending order. And, uh, and then talk to us about your signature moves, your two special moves that you can do, Jesse.
2: All right. So his, uh, my character type is a brujo, uh, spiritualist. And the, uh, the abilities that I went with were uh, magia, making, sneaking, and knowing. And then uh, for signature moves, I ended up going with uh, the one that really made sense was the asperitulismo, uh, uh, and yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, Eat yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> and then uh, what actually came up in our discussions, uh, especially uh, coming from how Javier thinks of him, was bad reputation.
0: Nice. So your reputation precedes you, and and mm-hmm. uh, Javier is not the only person in town who sees you as a dark-rooting individual. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, John, let's talk about your character type and uh, your abilities and your skills.
1: All right. Well, Javier is a shaman. Uh, he, his strong abilities are uh, magia, knowing, talking, and enduring. Uh, and then I took, because of his um, introspection and desire for knowledge uh, on the charts that we have, um, there was community moves that he could take, and it didn't seem appropriate based on where he was so both of my signature moves are both magia so i went with transformation and astral travel
0: now astral travel i think is pretty self-explanatory transformation that's changing into an animal
1: yes it's actually Mm shape-shifting
0: is there a particular animal that you change into
1: uh there's two actually um he changes into a coyote and also a raven
0: nice and Sean, talk to us about Filippo. Let's hear your character type, your abilities, and your signature moves. All right. Uh, now, given the
3: time frame that is a bit older than you know, the other characters, Filippo had spent about a decade being a hustler, which is type, but like a con man doing jobs with other people, uh, running point, et cetera, et cetera, which the sleight of hand really comes in. Um, but at this point, he's actually shifted from character type. So he's just a pure dealer. He doesn't like to do that kind of hands-off stuff anymore because it brings too much heat onto his public figure. Um, his abilities are business, moving, talking, and sleight of hand, which we went with instead of, uh, what was the other one? The default ones.
0: Uh, it was, st- I think communities stealing or something like that. Yeah. Maybe anyways, um, <laughs> So you're like on the the character type being dealer slash hustler. You're you're more on the hustler side, but you also do a little dealing. Yeah, he's, no, he's he's dealer, but okay. ten years
3: ago, over the, the ten years of being a hustler, and now he's just a dealer. So he has a history of being okay. a hustler as far as the the game world is concerned. Uh, so his abilities are business, moving, talking, sleight of hand. Signature moves are I know people and do
0: the hustle. <laughs> All right. I hope so. so we now have our characters in place. We know their relations to each other, what they want from each other, etc. And uh I'm gonna try to screen share this image. I don't know if I can do it. It will let me screen share the entire window, but it won't let me screen share just one application.
1: Just select that tab maybe? I
0: don't know. You guys seeing this? Mm-hmm. Yep. So there we all are. Boy, now I can't print. Yeah, 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 okay. (laughs) Now you're seeing yourselves, huh? Look at that. Okay. So I'm... Yeah, yeah. This isn't as good as it was on Firefox. It worked much better on Firefox. Okay, so i am going to close this. It doesn't really work for me. I'm not sure what I'll do. I've got some pictures for, uh, like, NPCs that'll come up from time to time, but that's not working the way I wanted it to. So... The way this is going to go is, oh, and what time have we got? Oh, that was good. We did that in 30 minutes, you guys. Uh, what's going to happen is everybody's going to take a turn calling a scene, and I have your names on these little cards that I have written, and I'm not looking at the other side because I've already shuffled them. We'll do that in random order, but I'm going to start off by setting the first scene. Uh, we'll make it around one round. Um, we'll see what our, time, uh, what our time is. Maybe we'll make it around a second round. Each time we go around, I shuffle the cards again so the scenes are in random order. And then at the end, I'll do a final scene to wrap up if we have time to do that. And then we can distribute learning and all the kind of after-game bookkeeping stuff. Now, the theme, every episode has a theme. And you may get additional drama point for uh, for playing into the theme. The theme for tonight's episode, the pilot episode of Other Borders, is Voices of the Dead. As the show begins, there's a blinding white light in the middle of a field of blackness, and the camera pulls back. We realize that we're in a cave being illuminated by this white light that's hovering in midair. As the camera pulls back out of the mouth of the cave, it begins flying backwards. The foothills recede. The cave goes into the distance until it's blocked by the foothills. As the camera continues moving backwards, we see the outskirts of a small southwestern town. The uh, Las Afueras, the, the sort of ramshackle part of the barrio with uh, you know old, old homes or cobbled-together homes, some homes built out of scrap pieces of metal and lumber, rusted old vehicles. And although it's evening and getting fairly dark, There are lights everywhere because there are colored strands of little colored bulbs on wires strewn across the streets from here to there. As the camera keeps pulling back, we see a small cemetery with people walking in and people walking out. The camera moves and flies over the heads of the people walking in, and they're all families, mostly Latino families. The entire families have come together in big lines, and they're bearing gifts. They have marigolds, they have drinks they have bottles they even have toys that they're bringing as gifts for the dead because it is october 31st it is the first of the three night festival of el dia de muertos the day of the dead tonight the children los angelitos the little children uh, are being honored by their families who miss them and are bringing them gifts and toys as the camera continues pulling back we see light coming up out of the little graves and forming into the ghostly bodies of small boys and girls who look like skeletons but happy and wearing their normal clothing as they come out of their graves they begin tagging along behind their families and following them home the camera spins through a dark port of town where the buildings are run down but larger And nestled in between two of these buildings, we see El Teatro Alhambra. And we listen to the sounds of the ice cream man as he passes by. The theater has seen better days. It's quite run down, but it is still a grand reminder of the sort of a Baroque architecture indicating that this town once had a heyday, which involved what was at the time a pretty fancy theater. As the theater doors open, we see Filippo step out He's talking with one of his cronies, one of his informants, and something passes between their hands. Uh, Filippo is on his way out, because despite the fact that tonight, as is customary, the theater is showing Don Juan, which we do every year at this time of day, uh, there's something he's forgotten, and he has to run down to Morgan's Botanica and pick that up real quick. The camera spins past Filippo and his confidant into Uh, a part of town closer to main street where the buildings are once again, a little bit larger and brick gives way to more modern concrete designs here between two alleys. We see a couple gang members speaking to a man seated in a black limo. The man is wearing an expensive dark suit and has shades on something passes between their hands and the lead gangster sends the younger gangsters off to scatter in different directions. As the camera continues spinning through the town and flying over houses, we see the small, unassuming house that Javier lives in with his family. Uh, He's just stepping out of the door because there's something he needs to get down at Morgan's Botanica. And he waves goodbye as he heads out into the street, nearly running into a parade of people carrying uh, Calaveras, uh, sugar skulls, gifts, and marigolds, many of them drunk and weaving as this parade of people moves across the town and back to the cemetery. Uh, As we go with them, we see Manny, who's just coming out the door of his house on his way down to Morgan's Botanica, where there's something he needs to pick up before he can properly do the rituals that he would perform tonight in honor of those departed. The camera then spins around to pan back to Morgan's shop, seated right across the street from the park, which is now grandly lit, and the air smells of uh, frankincense and marigolds, drunken people reveling everywhere, people walking by in costumes and gay colored uh, decorations, girls walking by in groups with the Calavera skull painted on their faces, and men solemnly gathered together to give a last drink and a toast to one of their dearly departed and fallen Morgan's Botanica sits just across the street from the park, and as, uh, as we, uh, let's say, as the title credits show, and by the way, tonight we are introducing John Haremza, Jesse Pine, and Sean Koch in Other Borders. The theme music ends, and the camera comes down to ground level, where the door of the shop opens up. Morgan is standing there welcoming all three of you who happen to arrive at the same time. Morgan, uh, who I could show you if screen share is working properly, uh, she is a sort of a mystical white woman. She's been in town for uh, about two decades now. It took her a while to ingratiate herself with the locals. But she has managed to do so and now runs this little botanica where you can buy not only um, classical mestizo uh, ceremonial agents, reagents and uh, other ritual ingredients, but also Western and even Eastern uh, magical items such as mineral oils, various types of crystals and tarot readings which she does on the side. As a matter of fact, it looks like she's just beginning to lay out the tarot deck when she saw you three coming and hurries toward the door. She looks first at Javier. Uh, Her eyes Javier uh, seem to indicate that she has something she'd like to talk to you about. But then she greets all three of you together because she's very gracious and welcomes you into the store. It's just something I can do for you. I know tonight is a very very busy night, but uh Uh, I'm not closed yet, so I'm open.
1: Uh, Javier catches the look, and he just kind of steps off to the side and nods to the other two as he wants to hang back and see what she has
0: to say. Mr. Puccini, I I hear that your show of Don Juan is doing doing splendidly. I, I, I hope that I get a chance to see it, although I do have to tidy up around here and there's a lot of bookkeeping to do. What can I help you with tonight?
3: I'm here for uh, supplies, incense. I need the good smells. You know how that goes. You want the people in the audience to, to interact. It can't just be visual. You have to I have an agree, element I of agree.
0: atmosphere. And Don Juan, the lover, you want something robust and sanguine. I know exactly what to get for you.
3: And if you ever want to come around, anytime we'll put on a show for you. We will even do a private show. A private show just for me. Wow, you
0: are a distinguished member of the community. <laughs> you flatter me, sir. Go on. I'll get your incense and be right back. Oh, um, Manny, is there something I could get for you while I'm back there? And he just kind of looks up a little bit
2: and he points to, uh, to some, uh, some candles that are kind of spread out in the back. And he said, I'm just here for a couple of those.
0: Well, go ahead and help yourself. I'll be with you at the register in just a c- couple minutes. Um, the door closes behind her, and uh, let's have everybody let's have everybody roll one die for me. Who rolls highest? It won't be me. D sixes, right? Yeah, just roll one d six.
1: I roll the one, two. Uh,
3: I don't have a dice roller up. I should probably just go grab a dice.
0: Oh, yeah, you're going to need some. <laughs> uh, five. Was that our highest roll? Mm-hmm. Filippo, mm-hmm. uh, you hear uh, harsh whispers from behind the door. Um, She's not alone back there. The other voice sounds male. And if you're not reading this wrong, threatening. Do you do anything?
3: No, no, he's a casual observer. There's no obvious thing going on yet. So okay. he's going to kind of play it uh, by reactionary instead
0: of proactionary. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, she's gone for like a, a minute too long. And then when she comes out, uh, she closes the door quickly behind her. You don't get a chance to see if there's anyone else in the room. But her face has gone whiter than usual. And she is a white lady, but she's extremely pale at the moment. And uh, looks... Hmm? little bit jarred, a little bit shaken up. She goes over to the register and rings you up as quickly as she can, and she doesn't make any small talk now. Uh, when
3: she registers, uh, sorry, when she rings him up at the register, he uh, when he touches her hand, he kind of holds on to it, and he says, "If there's anything you ever need, anything to
0: help you or protect you,
3: just say the word."
0: Uh, her hand goes rigid, and then. She squeezes your fingers twice in succession, and looks at you, and then looks away and starts ringing Manny up. There's a there's a close up on her hand as it very deliberately squeezes your hand. Twice. Yeah, he's trying to decipher that in his head. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Manny, she's ringing you up. Uh, right. These these candles come to twelve ninety five. All right. Um, I can just put that on your tab if you want. Your you're a good customer uh, and there's a uh, I, weird break in her voice when she says all
2: right. that all right and yeah, he uh, so I'll say he usually he hates this time of year because <laughs> everything is alive around him so he actually has like like uh almost like a t-shirt hoodie and he has like the hood pulled over just to focus his vision and so he's just like staring at the all he sees is like the, the counter in her and that's about it so i think he would he be a little would he be able to notice what's going on with her at this point now he's kind of like face to face or is it kind of i can understand too like with all the commotion and everything he's just kind of not too focused i don't want to break the roll that's what i'm saying <laughs> i didn't roll well so if if the if the roll is what counts, I can say that he's no actually he's, the
0: the roll. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and have you uh, roll plus knowing. That's roll one d six plus knowing. We're going to call this okay. find find something out.
2: All right, my knowing is plus one, so I'll get that's four plus one is five.
0: Okay, so in this system, uh, which is a variant of the you know the power by the apocalypse system, oh. basically uh, six or better is good, uh, three to five is kind of good. And two or lower is, uh-oh. Mm. So you get a five. So you get to choose uh, one of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find out what you want to know, but you're going to have to wait. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to have to spend money. Or you can't do it without attracting attention. Which which um, is
2: um I think that attracting attention might be more interesting
0: right now. Okay. So... Manny tries to uh, probe a little bit and sort of stumbles over his words. And she uh, holds her hand to her mouth and gasps. Mm-hmm. Her, she spins involuntarily and looks at the door and then looks back at you again. And then she looks up at the others because she realized she's just totally given away that there's something behind that door. Mm-hmm. Now she looks actually scared. And uh, she starts stammering when the back door opens a crack, a man looks out, he's glaring at her, and the door closes again. She says, I've, I've really got to hurry. There's a, there's a lot of work to do before closing up. This is um, a very busy time of year, and I, I, have, I have places to be. I, really, gentlemen, please, uh, I, don't, I don't want to rush you out, but I have to rush you out. You
2: have some company back there, Morgan?
0: And what are you talking just... about? And, and it sounds very false and... Uh, you're sure that whoever's on the other side of that door is not going to buy this much yeah. longer yeah so he'll actually he'll say he is not a I, good liar yeah <laughs> so I uh I actually think that I'll uh
2: I'll, I'll pay for that now I don't I don't want to run up my tab too much and he'll reach into his pocket and pull out his wallet and
0: uh can you can you break a 20 Are we uh, can, can, you, can you just owe me please I I I know you're good for it.
2: I You know what? I think sir I have some smaller stuff in in the car and he doesn't he doesn't drive and nobody like <laughs> <laughs> if you could you could you help me? I actually I have some stuff that I think uh that I think my uh, my abuelita wants you to take a look at as well, see if maybe you can uh take it off her hands. Did you come take a look with me?
0: Uh She starts breathing hard, and there's a sort of a a tremble in her breath. Uh, uh,
3: Filippo reaches forward and touches her hand again and says, There's always a choice you can make. Gentlemen, we should probably leave. And he
0: starts heading towards the door. Uh, Her mouth says, Thank you. Have a good night. I'll see you gentlemen later. And her eyes are saying, Please don't leave me. And Just shoot a look over at Filippo, like a common,
2: <laughs> not surprising.
1: Uh, Javier says, uh, "There's the uh, the matter of my list. There are still some things I need to acquire while I'm
0: here." <laughs> sure, I'd be happy to help you with that as uh, as quickly as possible.
1: Can and I she, make a knowing roll?
0: Swallows hard. Can I make a knowing roll to see if I
1: recognize the guy who opened the door?
0: Uh, I will give you that.
1: All right. I will take it. Oh, I rolled a six, and I have plus two to that. My knowing is two.
0: You know exactly who that is. That's a guy named Joker. He runs with a gang called Los Tigres, and uh, these guys are fucking bad. They, are, uh, they wear like facial tattoos, go around shirtless, beat people up in the street and demand protection money um hmm. joker is one of the baddest ass motherfuckers in that gang
1: so he uh he steps closer to manny because he knows that you know manny has actual power says uh Mm -hmm. do you uh did you notice who that was
2: i'll just kind of shake his head a little bit while still trying to keep eye contact with morgan
1: and he kind of like puts his fingers in his mouth to like pulls lips back to indicate the Joker.
0: Uh. <laughs> uh, let's let's make a knowing roll. What the hell? This is an unusual circumstance <laughs> for me. Yeah, all right. That is a five. Uh, you uh, no? Uh, I'm I'm sorry. You you know that he's indicating that there's someone back there, but mm-hmm. you already knew. You already knew that exactly. Yeah.
1: So he puts a hand on his shoulder and he leads in real close and he says,
2: Joker. And he'll just kind of go slightly rigid at that point. Like he's kind of leaning on the counter. And so like he'll like, like kind of back stiffens. He pushes down on the counter a little bit. Eyes then start to like go past Morgan, just like looking and thinking at this point.
0: Okay, Morgan, by the way, has quietly moved over to the counter where it looks like she's fiddling with her phone.
3: Uh, So i got a question. Uh, Knowing that I know this community and territory, whose territory is this area? Is it this gang or is it a different gang's
0: territory? Uh, We we are on the edge of Los Tigres' turf. Um, It is kind of debatable as to whether the Botanica is in Los Tigres' territory or La Familia 13. And um, what, what was the gang Joker was? Joker is Los Tigres. Okay.
3: So their rivals would be what, Familia? Uh, yeah.
0: yeah um, Casper is the guy who's the head of La Familia. You know him better mm-hmm. because the Teatro Alhambra is on their turf. And he's actually a reasonable guy. He's more interested in making money than threatening people's lives. So La Familia is more uh, drug dealers. Whereas Los Tigres is more uh, protection and extortion.
3: Okay. Uh, all right, because he's on the phone as as like while they're talking, he's moved outside quietly, like a magician. Uh, he's on the <laughs> phone to uh, Familia Thirteen, and he's telling him, or he's asking him, uh, that somebody. Or let me let me rephrase this. He's basically telling him that someone may be moving in on this uh, area and threatening one of the local storekeepers and wants to know if they have anyone who would be able to send some
0: muscle. Do you mention that it's Morgan's Botanica? Yeah. Uh, There there is just a five-second lag before you get your answer back. Casper's coming right down. and You're like, whoa, I didn't even think I had enough pull to get the head guy down here. Like and I, I tell him I will owe them whatever favor they wish. And right. he hangs up, and then he like prepares himself for the coming conflict. Let's jump back into the store. Uh, Manny and Javier, uh, you guys have noticed that Morgan is uh, desperately trying to message someone on her phone, but doesn't seem to be able to get through, and she's growing more and more frustrated. She keeps glancing up at you like she expects you to leave, but the look in her face is kind of like, don't leave. <laughs> mm.
2: All right, I'll uh, Manny will actually kind of look at her. and say, I, "You know, actually, you know what? I'm sorry, my uh, I meant I meant to need uh, I need a couple more of these these candles. It's you know that time, and we got a, a few extra, it's a little extra business coming in. So I think we need. Uh, so I'm just gonna be right over here, if that's cool.
0: Okay. Uh, she looks really worried. And she nods her head and says, uh, there's, um, I think I have some more in the back. Let me go check for you. That, I don't. Uh, I, uh. She spins around and goes
2: back into the back <laughs> yeah. room
0: again. Tries to catch her, like, to stop her beforehand. but Nope, she's gone. And she pulls mm-hmm. the door, like, as tightly as she can behind her so no one can see into that back room. Yeah. Which is not like her at all. She's a very open person. She's one of those new wave white women. Javier, yeah. what about you? What are you doing uh, now? The uh, two of you, the two of you guys, having already spoken, are left alone together because the yeah, magician yeah. has left and Morgan has left.
1: So he he just Javier walks over to where Manny is and says, uh, "I really don't want to be involved in a shootout tonight. Uh, what do you suggest that we do? A hex on you. him is not going to help right now. I don't suppose." You
2: still got a lot to learn. Hmm. X is, isn't going to do no good right
0: now. At that moment, you guys hear the boom, boom of the 808s. There's some gangster rap moving in from both sides of the building. It's incredibly fucking loud. The whole building and the windows are vibrating. Uh, sounds like two or three cars, they're playing the same track at the same volume on both sides of this building. You hear a door kicked open on the other side of that door and a scuffle ensues voices shouting get the fuck back you want to move think- in here you'll be moving in over your own dead body bro look you're outnumbered get the fuck out this is our turf and she's our girl so wait wait did i did i hear this like this entourage approaching this Now, what you see from where you're standing is one car goes sailing past you to the front of the building. Another car breaks off from that and goes to the back of the building. Doors of both cars open up, and three guys run out of each car. So you can't see around the back of the building, but evidently they're storming this place from both sides. And these are what, Familia? These guys are Familia.
3: All right. He's, he's out smoking with a, with a little old 30s cigarette holder with a, <laughs> like a clove on the end. And uh, he greets them and tells them that she's in the back or whatever and then
0: watches the madness. <laughs> we cut back inside. There's a lot more shouting from the back room as the front door bursts open and three guys come in. You recognize them as La Familia. They've all got 13 tattoos like all over their bodies and shit. Hmm. They're all packing heat. They're all looking around the room. They're all waving their guns around. They don't see Morgan.
1: Manny puts his or uh, Javier puts his hands up and he just points to the back door.
0: They nod Mm -hmm. at you and run to the back door. Uh, You hear Morgan scream. You hear a shot fired. And then the three guys come running back out this way again. They run through the shop, out the front door, get in their car and take off. Outside, Filippo, you see them come bailing out, get in their car. It burns rubber as it peels out and narrowly avoids the parade of people celebrating the Day of the Dead as it spins around the corner and makes it back south.
1: Fuck, Manny, Mm if the door is still open, Manny will go in. Stop taking my name. (laughs) (laughs) Javier goes in (laughs) because he's concerned uh, for Morgan, so he wants to go in and make sure that.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think Javier, now you have me doing it, damn it. (laughs) Manny, Manny takes the beat, looks at Javier like, you're going to do anything? And then once Javier starts to run to the back, he'll follow him.
0: Alright, uh, and Filippo, you staying outside?
3: Uh, well, after the car...
2: Hmm. I mean, it is
3: against a lot of smoke indoors. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's going to, like, meander around the building to see what's going on behind the building.
0: Okay, the other car is still sitting out there. Its door's wide open, and the back door of the shop is wide open. I'm going to cut back inside. Inside, uh, you see Joker on the ground. He's holding his gut. He is breathing really hard. You can't tell whether this is a fatal wound or not, but he has surrendered because he's surrounded by three other dudes from La Familia, all pointing at him point blank. Uh, He is basically uh, holding holding his guts in. And he's being given a lecture by La Familia that uh, this is not Los Tigres Territory and that he's going to have to go back and tell his people to back off of Morgan because she's their girl. Um, he gets up. He is bleeding bad, but he's walking. Uh, he shoots dagger glares at everybody else in the room. And he says, you know, this isn't over, I say. And then he leaves. Does he leave through the front or the back? The back. Hmm. Uh, as he's as he's leaving through
3: the back, Felipe just ca- casually... He probably says, has to walk past you. Yeah, like, as he's walking past, not even looking at him, he just casually goes, you know, I can make you disappear. And then he moves inside to check on her.
0: Uh, he doesn't even look up, but he goes, fuck you, old man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Javier moves up to Morgan and, like, you know, puts an arm around her, like, turns her like away from the blood pool on the floor, uh, you know, just says, are are you okay?
0: She's trembling. She's white as a sheet, uh, but she is okay. And uh, uh, let's see if we can make this work. Try to screen share with you. This is Asper. Mm. All right. So he is the leader of La Familia and he's, uh, he's in this room uh he was he was the last guy who uh Joker was talking to on his way out the door so Casper turns around and he he pulls his bandana down uh he's half white half Mexican they call him Casper cuz they they consider him white and uh he says listen you don't have nothing to worry about it's just like I told you when we talked before you help us and we'll help you right Morgan that's what we're here for we're not going to let those fuckers stomp on you. You're our girl. Morgan is nodding. She seems more comfortable with these reassurances from Casper than she did with the threats from Joker. But there still seems to be some tension here.
1: Uh, Javier looks to Casper and says, I, I don't suppose that she was texting you.
0: Uh, let's just say I have my network. No, it wasn't her. Fair enough. Listen. I don't know what you two guys are doing here. I want to thank you for any participation that you partook in. But uh, we got this covered from here on out. So Morgan's going to be fine. Everything's copacetic. You guys can just move along.
3: Hey, thanks, him. Um, uh, I appreciate it very much, Casper. I'm sorry this had to ruin such a fine Day of the Dead for us.
0: No problem, man. You know, you and me, we go back. All right, and with that, uh, he uh, he he helps Morgan up, and he looks like he kind of expects you guys to leave. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exit
3: states right,
2: even.
1: No
0: hesitation. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, he would he would like, you know, look to Morgan for reassurance that it was okay to leave.
0: Uh, Morgan catches your eye uh, and and gives you a sort of a, a weak smile. And you notice as you're as you're on your way out, just this is like over the shoulder kind of a glance, but you catch her eye, and he has put something on the table and slid it across to her side of the table. It is a plastic bag full of what looked like rolled joints.
1: (laughs) Okay, I mean it's not a complete surprise. Um, Did she did she wind up packing my order or no? She did. Okay, so he, he would grab that on the way out then. Hey, is uh, Casper
3: uh, Familia my contact for hallucinogenics, or is it a separate person?
0: Uh, No, it probably is Casper, unless we're talking about hard stuff, because there's another gang called Eques Blanco that does heroin and harder stuff. No, no, just like shrooms and LSD type of stuff. Peyote. Yeah, so so your connection with Casper and La Familia probably does indeed go way back. It's not just... It's not just that these are the people you went to when you needed to make Tio disappear, but it's also that you've had business dealings going back for some time. Yes. And as, as the... From my old hustling days. As the, as the dope is slid across the table to Morgan's side, she places her hand on top of the bag and she looks up at the three of you and just sort of smiles and, and nods. And I'm going to close the scene right there. Now, my intention, that scene was for morgan to get one of you guys to help her and i would say that the person who helped most was filippo so i'm giving i mean Star- that's
3: the thing though is he helps uh he's a roundabout help i'm a lover, not a fighter so they <laughs> charged they charged in like let's go help her directly and he was like i'll go around the back and bring someone else to help her Which yeah but i'm pretty sure
2: without you calling in the other gang me and yeah. javier would have been shot
0: yeah Wow so as you can now see on the little chart, Sean has a drama token oh yay, okay, now drama tokens can be used you know at the beginning, you can't use them much because you don't have many, but as you accumulate them later, it's basically when someone when, when when you ask for someone to grant you something, if they give it to you, you give them a drama token. If they don't give it to you, they give you a drama token. And this basically gives you sort of like uh, the ability to control the way the narrative goes later in the game. You can spend your drama tokens to either push your way into a scene or pull yourself out of a scene or make something happen the way you think it should happen. You can also use it when you're in a direct uh, negotiation with another PC. To, uh, you, you want him to grant you something and he doesn't want to, you can sweeten the pot with a drama token so sean has one that's the end of that scene
1: hey everybody before we wrap up this episode i'd like to take a minute to say thank you for tuning in we hope you're enjoying the podcast from our interviews and actual plays to our rambling round table discussions if you like what you're here and you'd like to support the show we have great sponsors for you to check out birds of a feather coffee company is a small batch craft coffee roaster and is our og sponsor they have three signature blends to choose from the morning lark which is a light roast, the Night Owl Blend, which is a rich, dark roast, and the Hummingbird Decaf Blend. They also have the exclusive Legendary Brew, a nice medium roast coffee, perfect fuel for all those late night gaming sessions. If you use the code LEGENDS10, you'll get 10% off your order, and shipping is always free. Thanks everybody for checking it out. We'll catch you next time. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcast Network.